Queer Business Success, the podcast for LGBTQIA business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, coaches, caregivers, and the allies who love our community. We tell the stories of why our businesses were formed, who we serve, our challenges and successes, and we offer sound advice to our fellow queer entrepreneurs. Our hope is to inspire, enlighten, and highlight the services that our LGBTQIA businesses and allies offer. If we can do this, so can you. We believe that we need more LGBTQIA business owners, not only for our community, but for a better world. Here's our host, Anne-Marie Zanza. Hi, it's Anne-Marie again today, and welcome to another episode of Queer Business Success. I am so excited to have Paul Wrightson on the show today with his company, Live Fully Now. Paul identifies as an ally to the queer community, and his pronouns are he, him. Welcome, Paul, to the show. Excellent. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Thanks for the introduction. Uh, Very, very uh, blessed to be here. So, yeah, can't wait for the discussion. And we're really, I'm really blessed to talk to you because um, tell me a little bit about Live Fully Now and what what does that mean and what do you offer? So Live Fully Now is uh, the umbrella brand or the company that I've created. So it's all around, you know, basically that living fully now in the present moment, also in the future as well. So, you know, it's things like, you know, we've got to dive in a little bit deeper as we go along, but it's things like, you know, um, having a balance in life or, you know, going out to camping one weekend, spending time in the city, in the hotel the next. It's really just enjoying all the aspects of life, you know, different cuisines of food, you know, like just everything you can think of um, to embrace life to the fullest. So with that, I've created uh, Yoga Anywhere, which is the um, yoga live streaming, which happens uh, Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. where people can basically just roll out of bed and straight into a session because it's all online and uh, create that balance um, mind in their mind and also their body as well. Mm-hmm. And then I've created uh, the Complete Man Program. So the Complete mm-hmm. Man Program is obviously for men and it's mm-hmm. a nine-week online program to take someone from, you know, they might be feeling a little bit lost, having lack of direction, you know, not knowing what they're doing, you know, on, on this planet right through to having certainty, uh, clarity, and just feeling really complete, you know, moving forward um, after they finish the nine weeks. So I have been a yoga practitioner, gosh, for 20 years now. I've done all kinds of varieties of yoga. So what is the tradition that you come from? Um, Hatha yoga. So Mm -hmm. I was trained under uh, Swami Sarasvati, who's in Australia. Mm -hmm. And she she was sent from her father, who was a guru in India, to Australia in the uh, seven, probably early 70s, mm-hmm. ended up on commercial TV and, you know, probably back then it was all a little bit strange because, you know, what, what's this meditation and yoga sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. the style that I'm trained under is very traditional. So it's uh, yeah. it's more about breath, body, connection and, you know, feeling at peace within yourself, more of a lifestyle than, you know, doing the hard, you know, stand on your head, upside down poses or whatever else mm-hmm. that, um, you know, mm-hmm. everyone sees. You know that um, I'm. I've got. You know, I'm older now, and so I've. I've started practicing Ivanger a lot. Oh, yeah. I. I really love that form of yoga right now. It's really good. Perfect. I really like the props and everything like that because my body just doesn't do what it used to do <laughs> when yeah. I was a young one. I did Kundalini for ten years, oh, so um, yeah. I really love Kundalini. So. 
as somebody who's practiced a ton of low yoga in our life, there's not a lot of guys <laughs> in the yoga world. And maybe that's just in the United States. I mean, there's, um, you know, but, you know, I would say probably a 10 to 15% of the teachers are male, or am I even over-exaggerating that? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, very, very small percentage and a small percentage actually practice it as well. So, I mean, there's a huge stigma in the Western world that, you know, if, uh, well, generalizing, but, you know, like, yoga, especially if you're a male, like I'm not doing yoga, like that's for females. Then there's, mm-hmm. then there's the female thing. Well, you've got to look a certain way or if it's both genders um, or any gender, you've got to like be able to touch your toes or I'm inflexible, so I can't do yoga, all this sort of stuff that um, people put barriers up because they're just seeing so mm-hmm. much social media stuff that you've got to wear a certain brand and be a certain way and um, eat a certain way and to be able to do it. And that's just um, like totally the opposite of what, you know, what I teach people. But you're right, not many males are in it. It's, it's um, a very, um, very small amount. How did you get attracted to it and what brought you into practicing yoga? Um, probably when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I, I knew that there was something out there bigger than just what I was, what I knew from, you know, school and my family and stuff, like basically, the, I guess, the Western culture. I knew there was <laughs> something bigger with the Eastern culture. So I went sort of searching um what that actually was. And I remember getting my first you know, video of um, one of the yoga gurus, uh, Rodney Yee. He's like, mm-hmm. big I know him. Globally, so yeah, yeah. So, I've actually taken classes with him. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. He was he's very he was cute. The... <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> he's a cute he yoga like, teacher. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, you know, I really connected into his style as well because it was just a, around that breath, body connect, movement and connection and stuff. So, mm-hmm. You know, I remember watching his, you know, DVDs weren't around or anything like that. So it was like a VHS video and, and um, you know, I'd watch that daily and do some of the stuff that he was teaching. And that just uh, led me down that path. And then um, through my my ex, um, anyway, long story short, we'll go into a little bit detail if, if you wish to, but my ex um, um, brothers went to uni with a, a guy called Sanjay and Sanjay was the son of Swami. So, that sort of led me into, so I'm still friends with him now. Um, Swami's only just passed away, unfortunately, in, in a uh, old age uh, about a month ago. But it's and then connecting with him, and then connecting, then going to Swami's place, you know, west of Sydney in New South Wales and Australia, um, really opened my eyes up of the the other side of it. You know, like how we've got the the power of the breath and what the breath can do to the body and moving the body with intentional movement and, and um, self-massaging and self-healing and mindset, like all this sort of stuff opened up and I was just, you know, I was fascinated and just wanted to learn more. So I still have a lot of questions about how you got <laughs> into this because most guys don't go into it. Yeah. And so did you grow up in a very like spiritual home or a home where you were like, how did you know at such a young age, 1920, that there was something more out there? I think some people like I have like what I what I you know there's multiple intelligences and some people just have a more spiritual bent it just is who they are and I find yeah. that you know I've always been very interested in all of that stuff like faith religion spirituality mm-hmm. yoga I've I've done so much of that stuff 
what happened with you? Like, why did you, and, and I have, I've met a lot of male ministers, but like, mm. I haven't met a lot of male yogis, as I said. And so like, yeah. what do you think, like, what, have you thought about it? Like, what was that, that inner voice saying, Hey, Paul, you should try this. <laughs> yeah. I have been thinking about that recently because just chatting to friends. Um, and one of the things I guess through the, well, not so much that, but more of the spiritual side of things and where I am now in life. But I mean, when around like going through school and teens um, and as a child, I always felt different. I always felt mm. like, you know, I'd rather connect in with a, you know, like a dog or a cat or an animal, like, because I felt that sort of spiritual connection mm-hmm. than humans. So always, I was, you know, one of the popular people at school and all that sort of stuff and in the groups and whatever, but um, there was never that deep connection. So I knew spiritually that, well, I didn't know what it was called then, but I knew there was something yeah. there. And, you know, if I'd sit out, if I went to the beach or sat in rainforest or whatever, that's where I really felt at home. I felt like that huge connection and drawn into that um, spiritual side of nature. And that's when I knew that there's, you know, this is something bigger than, you know, just the... Um, face value that you know that I was putting up I guess um I know the first times I got on a yoga mat I always felt like that same type of connection that I felt Mm. like when I was uh you know walking by the ocean or you know in a place of nature or a place it, it there was a connection there was you know yoga means union so there was a connection to that it became my it's you know, it's been part of my spirituality for a really long time. Is that something you felt as well? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And then I've, and then I guess, you know, being the lifestyle that it is, I tried to, uh, or not try to, taught myself that doesn't have to be just on the mat. So stepping off the mat, that's, you know, because a lot of people say, you know, oh, I think I'm on the mat or, um, you know, I'm in the studio or on the line, whatever it is, but it's, it's taking that next step. And having that um, that calmness and groundedness off the mat, so you can sort of handle, you know, life's challenges that come come at us. And that's um that's where I knew that it was more than just you know being on the mat and in in the yoga class because it's it is that definitely that lifestyle. So how do you take it out into the world? Um, having a calm mind definitely helps with taking it out into the, into the world. So. You know, if for me, if I if I wake up and don't do sort of any any sort of activity like my morning rituals or whatever else, whether it's yoga or breathing or whatever else, um, sitting just in stillness and going straight out in the in the real world, I'm not. I don't feel as, um, I guess, strong internally, emotionally strong, emotionally balanced um, to be able to handle the you know the big things or anything, whether it's people or situations. So it's like it's being in a space where you, you, you're, you're, you're definitely, um, I'm always generally pretty calm anyway, so it's bringing in that calmness to to whether you even react to certain situations or how you react. And it's sort of having that almost like that space before, you know, I know we've all done it, you know, like just something happens and you just like dive straight in and you react and like blow everything out of proportion. It's having that almost like that awareness and that space to make sure that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It takes practice though. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> that's why they call it a practice, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yoga, yeah. like, 
Yeah. Like I feel like, well, my life is a practice, but like, you know, <laughs> I understand that because the reason why we call like meditation, it's practice. It's, it, it's like, it, you know, people think that there's like one way to do it and you got to sit in, a, you know, and there's so many different ways we can meditate. Mm. And, and there are some people that literally can't meditate because of trauma and stuff like that. And so it's like, but it's a practice. And so like, yeah, I always absolutely. remember that it's a practice. Yoga is a practice. Like I've never been like, a, um, like, like I'm never somebody who's been able to do like the really complicated stuff, like, mm. you know. At my best, I could do wheel. <laughs> I can't do wheel anymore. Um, but like, you know, like, you know, the people that do the handstands and the and do crow where you're balancing on your I've mm. never been somebody, but yoga has been such a home for me. And luckily okay. the teachers I've encountered, like they didn't care about. Like it was never about mm. pushing you to do something or anything. I personally, the only style that I've really ever re- really didn't like was the one where they do the same 21 poses. Um, uh, you know which one I'm talking about? Huh? No, 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 no. The one the guy copyrighted. Um, yeah, oh, I can't remember his name. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And and that was like, it was like, so like it was the same 21 poses every time you went. And I'm like, okay, yeah. this is boring the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, how did you get, so it, it makes a lot of sense now that you're coaching. And so now you're coaching men. And you're coaching men with, it's called the complete male. So tell me about that. Complete man, excuse me. Yeah. How did you, so why did you start this? So my passion is, and this, whether it's male or female, that to to have, to be able to, I guess, guide and support, but, you know, someone to, um, whatever gender sorry I'm just thinking what podcasts are on um to it's to... okay because it's all right if you focus on the male I would love to focus on the male gender it'd be yeah, great I mean it, about it, that. it really yeah okay yeah cool it really breaks my heart to see a male not being their true self and not being comfortable to live a life that you know they deserve so when I was um through the years of the all the the, the develop the post the personal de- development and coaching that I've done and then coaching um, the males in this sort of area, but the, the themes the same. You know, so they're, they're lost. They don't feel comfortable who they are. They're feeling the pressures of life. They're wearing, you know, 20 different hats. Um, you know, they're the breadwinner, whatever it is. They're in this, like, cycle of um, life that, you know, it's not living. So this is one of the reasons why I created Live Fully Now and The Complete Man. So I thought, well, if it's if I'm doing one-on-one, you know, which is fantastic because, you know, one-on-one, they're shifting, they're growing, they're changing their life, you know, dramatically in a positive way. Um, why couldn't I do it online? So, and have a bigger impact and get it, have the message and the guidance going mm-hmm. out to a wider audience. So that's why I created it. And, uh, you know, it, I remember recording the first video last year because it's all video content. So it's, mm-hmm. and, and so they can do it at their own pace. And, but you know, I just had tears because I knew I, I created the course back in 2018. And then other, you know, it sort of took me away from it. It wasn't, didn't feel the right time. It was only last year um, that it felt the right time. And, you know, went, I went camping by myself actually in um, mid last year. And then because I didn't have anyone to talk to, I was just like writing stuff down and then it just and it just evolved. 
and that's how it all started. So, um, yeah, it's pretty definitely it's a very powerful um, program. So before we get on the um, call, you're saying that you found certain attributes or certain certain issues with all your coaching clients, all your male coaching clients. Can you talk a little bit about some of the some of the common themes you have heard? Definitely. Um, frustrated, not feeling heard is a big one. Um, being with someone that doesn't understand them. If they're single, then it's like, you know, I'm going to be alone forever. You know, all these sort of common themes, you know, then all the fear comes into it. You know, like I'm, I'm a certain age and I still haven't found, you know, I'm still single. I look around all my friends that are, you know, married got partners and or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, then, then I sort of bring that back. I think, well, you know, especially if I, if they talked about other, their friends and stuff, they're in a basically a to- toxic relationship, struggling because they've got two kids or whatever. You know, would you rather be that person or would you rather be, you know, like happy within yourself? So always bring that back because it's like sometimes we, you know, wish for something and it comes along. It's not actually what actually what we need. So mm-hmm. um, it's definitely just that um, that feeling of probably undeserving as well because, you know, they can see what's happening around them and it's like, okay, why, why is not that? not happening to me mm-hmm. so um yeah and just really just lost lost identity it's just don't know that especially younger men they just don't know what what a man is meant to be like so there's that confusion as well societies create this like you know should they be like a tough macho man or should they be like a you know feminine um male masculinity so it's bringing that balance of you know male and female energies in as well which is the yin and the yang yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so I say this all the time, and I want to know if you agree with me. Um, patriarchy is as just as damaging to men as it is to women. True. Mm. Would you agree with that or no? You want to? I'm just curious. Um, what you think. Because I find that patriarchal behavior um, really serves only a handful of people. Mm. And then because we teach our, I have two boys, yeah. um, because we teach our, and I didn't teach my boys this, but I know, <laughs> you know, we're not allowed to have feelings. We're not allowed to have emotions. We have to be mm. strong. I met, I read Brene Brown once said, you know, in her, uh, um, Ted talk around shame. She said, a man came up to her and said, you never talk about men. She goes, well, I study, um, women. And, uh, he goes, well, that's convenient. Is it, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, he wow. said, because if I am not, I can, I am not allowed to appear weak. So yeah. women's sense of shame is around, I am not good enough. While yeah. a man's sense of shame is, I am, I, I can't appear weak ever. Mm. I always have to be the strong one. Have you found that in the work that you do? Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the biggest issues because they're not, you know, as men, we're, exactly what you just said then we're programmed to not show emotions um you know to be strong we've got to look after the family we've got to look after the house we've got to be the breadwinner um you know if something goes wrong we hold it all inside you know because we're tough and we're meant to be this person i mean that's a massive issue you know mental health issues around and suicide amongst men is huge because just because of that you know because we tend to if we don't have an outlet to be able to um express and and let this stuff out and 
feels safe. It's got to be a non-judgmental you know, space to to share when some deep thoughts are happening and emotions. You know, it's being able to share that uh, without any judgment, and that's um that that's challenging just on its own. So, in your program, the Complete Man, it it is a a video program. Yep. But are people able to like book appointments with you and come and see you and talk to you if they like they see what you've done and like, hey, I've got to talk to this dude. <laughs> yeah. Can they do that? Absolutely. So every Thursday, which should be Wednesday US time, um, mm-hmm. I do a live group call. Mm-hmm. So they're not, you know, they don't just buy the program and log in and then you know it's, it's they're all by themselves. By yeah, yeah, by themselves. So there's definitely yeah. um you know a chance to tap in and um, and get that support weekly. So because it's, mm-hmm. it's they're weekly modules. So um, the way I've designed it is they start with love. Mm-hmm. It's all around that self love and forgiveness from the past. You know, because without that self love and and total forgiveness, there's no way that you know anyone's going to be able to move forward. Absolutely, so, yeah, absolutely. The, the week, weekly calls for supporting. For that, well, yeah, the love, reasons. you know, love for ourselves, and also too like the forgiveness. Because, you know, forgiveness of ourselves, forgiveness of other people that have hurt us. I mean, yep. I, and and I also find I'm wondering if you have a gratitude module as well, um, because I find gratitude is really, really important, you know. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, not so much the there's that element to it. Um, what I found is men don't generally like the word gratitude too much or journaling. Mm-hmm. So I. I rephrase it a little bit, just, you know, grab out your mm-hmm. notepad or whatever and just write down what you're feeling, you know, and, and why you're feeling this way. So there's a lot of that in it. Um, and having that total awareness, you know, I call it internal awareness and external awareness. So, oh, sorry, I'll go back to one step. So there's the love, then there's the curiosity part. So this is, um, I've got a formula. So it's yeah. love. <laughs> so it's love plus curiosity plus awareness equals the certainty, clarity, and and completeness to move forward. So the love part's all around self-love and forgiveness. Then mm-hmm. the curiosity part is um curious of the why the, the um the body's feeling a certain way, why you're having these, you know, positive or negative thoughts. Um, then there's awareness, then I've broken that down into two parts, internal awareness and external. So the internal awareness is looking at um, what you found in the previous section, curious, why mm-hmm. that's happening, mm-hmm. what's happening in your life to, you know, to cause you to have, you know, um, so for example, migraines every day or um, feeling angry every single day, what's, that, what's actually happening on a daily basis. Then moving through external awareness, how shifting your the energy and your thoughts and um what you say affects other people so that's mm-hmm. that's another big big one and then the final one is obviously bringing it all together and having that certainty clarity and what what the next steps are to move forward mm-hmm. um which one do they struggle with the most hmm i get them to do a body scan so that's all part of it. So just scanning the body head to toe and feeling how the body is and what what and then get them to what to, to think about what that actually means. And I'd put up, you know, they'll give them a chart and stuff. I wouldn't say struggle. A lot of people have found that interesting because it's in a way of, of I guess the curiosity, but it's um, you know, it's like, oh, that's why I'm, you know, got a tight chest because going to work, because you know, I may not be suited to that job or whatever it is. So it's really yeah. starting to look uh internally but 
struggling. Probably the the big thing I do in, in week one is uh, get them to do a um, write out a hundred things of why they're unique and why what is positive about them as individuals. I think that's, that's probably a, the thing. Yeah, I agree. People <laughs> struggle with that one. That's a and male or female or non-binary yeah. or gender queer. Yes. Everybody fig, 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 uh, struggles with that one. Yeah, I think that's probably the big one because, you know, I've done that a couple of times for myself and you get to like 20 and thinking, hang on, I'm only up to 20. How can I get to 100? But when you're in that flow of, you know, self-love and and gratitude and, um, you know, knowing that, you know, that I'm unique, you're unique or whatever, you get in the flow and you just keep writing it out. And I think it's, it doesn't have to be done in one session, but, um, yeah, that's a big one. A lot of people do struggle with that because it's so off you know how long have we been programmed of just talking down on ourselves and everything's negative and whatever and then we're turning it around and think hang on the brain's got to start thinking positive thoughts about about well <laughs> so. you know most major religions teach you have to love the deity love yourself and love your neighbors and love yourself and mm-hmm. i always argue the hardest thing to do is love yourself yeah that is the hardest thing to do. So it makes sense that in the first unit is where they struggle the most. Mm-hmm. I was I was hoping you were going to answer that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's um, yeah, that's and that's like in the first probably two days. Yeah, once yeah. I start, that's one of the first things because it's and, just, and yeah. like just like we were talking about before, it's a practice, right? It's yeah, you know, like loving yourself is not a one and done. Like we, mm-hmm. you have to do that continuously over mm-hmm. and over again. I mean, yeah. a lot of times, like when you've done the work before, you're starting at a higher place if you're having mm-hmm. a really hard time or a really bad day. So you're starting at a, at a higher place so that mm-hmm. you, to get to the hundred, for example, doesn't take yeah. as long as it did the first time. But I find that people that people really struggle to love themselves. It's one of the yeah. hardest things to do. So yeah, what is the yeah. what is the what is your what is the biggest challenge with your business? I know the program works and I know it's what it's done to my life. It's actually, I guess, getting people to acknowledge that they um they could benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Especially males and especially Australian males. we mm-hmm. because we're so, you know, she'll be right, mate, or just so um laid back generally. It's like not until we're actually physically broken or mentally broken do we decide to do something about it. So that's probably the biggest challenge of actually, um, you know, why wait till, and this comes back to living fully now, you know, why wait for a major health scare or a relationship breakdown, whatever, you know, going broke. Why wait for that, you know, someone mentioned the big four, I think it was divorce, um, going broke, a health disease. scare or yeah. disease, yeah. You know, why yeah. wait for any of those to happen? You know, why why not start living life now? And that's um that's probably the biggest challenge that as a human, that in the, the nature of the humans that tend not to take the leap and jump into something as quickly as we would if you know we had one of those big four um happen to us. I find that with the women work I do with women who come out later in life, they all have some sort of catalyst event. Like either yeah. um, they fall in love with somebody that's of the same gender as them. That happens. Or, and we and literally in my community, we call it a catalyst. You know, you fall yeah. in love with a woman or something happens. 
you know, you have a miscarriage, a child dies, a parent dies, mm. um, you get divorced, you get it, you have a disease, like something major in life makes mm-hmm. them go, what the hell am I doing? I've got to li- yeah. live my life a different way, you know? And it sounds like for really any change to occur for almost anyone, some, some it's too bad, you know, that, you know, people don't do it before the big catastrophe, but a lot of times that's where they, they're able to take a step. I find that the pandemic was that time. A lot of people took a break for the first time and said, Oh, wait a minute. I'm not happy. And made some changes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. Especially relationships. Yeah. We were close friends or, you know, or people we know that, you know, they've had challenges probably since then, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. really just, um, you're right. It's definitely a reset button for sure. Mm-hmm. What's your biggest success with your business or in life in general? Uh, wow. Well, life. Um, well, definitely finding found to find my soulmate Veronica. Now we've been married for uh, about 13 years together for about 15. I mean, that was a significant part of my life because, you know, but going from a space where, um, you know, obviously didn't have that connection and that um, understanding of who I am and honouring who she is. But now I've found that, you know, common ground of, you know, learning the understanding and um, and still and still growing and learning. You know, we joke that we're still married. You know, still, we're still together, you know, looking yeah. at all our yeah, the divorce rate globally and it's like it's, um, and we keep still keeping it fresh. So, I mean, that would have to be a you know, significant achievement in my life for mm-hmm. a personal level for sure. Mm-hmm. What piece of advice would you give to, first of all, a man that is feeling incredibly untethered, loss? Like what would, you know, besides, you know, buy my program, what would be your first piece of advice? Like if somebody said, come up to you and went, Paul, I am just, life is sucking and I don't know what to do. Mm. Yeah, um, good question. I think it's coming back to values. You know what what they actually truly want in life. What what's important to them, not important to you know their family or friends or whatever else. Having that true sense of value and what they actually value in life mm-hmm. will then turn it around and start looking at themselves and what's unique about themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a huge believer that you know no matter what. Gen, gender you associate with or, or whatever else it's being comfortable in your own skin to and and being safe in your own skin it might mean you lose friends or just find that tribe that's going to bring that safety in it's so important mm-hmm. to have that network around you that, that that supports you in that space especially if you're coming out or you know identify yourself as not the yeah you know, the norm um, of society, it's just so important to have that space to be able to share and um, have someone, you know, basically support you no matter what. There's not a lot of spaces for guys, is there? Like to like get together. I mean, there are the, I always find that the more enlightened males do, they have mm-hmm. support groups, they have men groups, they have whatever spaces. Sometimes they're 
sometimes they can be like um like men's groups within churches or something like that as long as and and sometimes that can be toxic masculinity <laughs> um right. yeah. yeah but um that really breaks my heart because i feel mm-hmm. like women gather much more together in groups we're still like I've been in a gazillion different women's <clears throat> groups in my life, but not very men, very male, very, very many men have had the, I, I like, I guess my question is like, why? Like what? I mean, I think at one point it was the tavern, maybe people would go mm. to the tavern and have a drink with their buddies and stuff like that. That can, you know, but why do you think men don't do that as much as women do? Um, I think we've been programmed to, like you touched on it before, or not touched, we spoke about it before, you know, where, you know, we do shut down our emotions. So, you know, it's more natural for a male to go and hide in the cave or, you know, separate from society or loved ones or whatever than than expressing because it's going to show a sign of weakness or, you know, um, a sign of you know, being different. Mm-hmm. So there's that's a huge thing. You know, it's just if something comes up and you don't feel safe or, um, you know, there's that lost feeling, mm-hmm. it's just putting up the barriers and and just going hiding. And that's that's the worst thing we can do, but that's what I see all the time. You know, I've done it mm-hmm. myself, you know, I used to yeah. do that all the time. You know, it's just a matter of just practising and then having that safe environment to share. So. Yeah, I mean, it takes sometimes it takes a while to find that group of friends yeah, that allow does. you to to do that and be yourself one hundred percent, and then that turns it around. Then so you can love yourself one hundred percent. So it's like a bit of a um, spiral upwards. Yeah, um, and, yeah, and absolutely. Once you find that space, yeah. So my next piece of my next question and last um, is. What piece of advice would you give to anybody, or I really know, let's say guys, men, who want to do something like you do, like who want to build either communities or build a course for the male community? What would you, what was your, what would your one first piece of like your first step, mate? <laughs> You've got to do this. <laughs> what would be your advice? <clears throat> yeah, first step would be, um, it's almost like A to B, you know, where where they are now, what they where they want to be. So, and then everything else will just work out. So whether it's like lost to to complete, and then okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm lost. How am I going to get to the other end where I want to feel the complete opposite? So mm-hmm. then it's like, and then fill the gaps in. So mm-hmm. that'll be the, the first step. And there's, you know, if they look around, if they've really got their heart set on that and knowing the challenges that they've gone through as an individual guaranteed the 99% of the other males are globally have gone through the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also think that I was talking to a client of mine today and um, I said to her, you know, it's really cloudy in the beginning. It's not like you're here and you want to be there. So you're at A and you want to be B. Mm. There, like, like sometimes there is like the first step you feel like you're stepping into fog. Like, that's what people don't understand is I think that, that, you know, there's like this incredibly clear path and you're going to go to A and you're going to get to B. Like, so for my women, it's, you know, being most of them have are married, married and they know they're not straight and they 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 don't know what that means for them. And so the path, some people know they want to leave their spouses and stuff like that, but a lot of people don't. 
They don't know what they want. And so what I told her is that, you know, a lot of times it's really cloudy. Mm. <laughs> We're not, it's not like a clear path. You just know where you want to go. And you yeah. have to, I think part of growth is accepting the cloudiness, like accepting, mm. like, like accepting that, you know, you want to get there. You just, sometimes you're just not really clear what the path is going to be right away. Yep. And that's, yeah. yeah, perfectly said because it's, we're so focused and, and programmed into talk about what we don't want, you know, instead of like talking about what we do want. Do want, so, yeah. Yeah, it totally shifts the whole um, nervous system and the energy or whatever. So like it's, you know, something like a program or steps or whatever, it's, you know, going from A to B, it's like trusting the process that, you know, you might be feeling damn uncomfortable in the first, you know, little while because you're starting to change. It's not just changing at a conscious level, you're changing an unconscious level too, and all the programs that, and the beliefs and everything else that's come from you know the past, um, which are in you know they're ingrained in in us. It's just is changing everything up. So society's expectations, you know, whatever it is, um, at a physical level. So it's like shifting all of that to take that first step to get to be. So yeah, it can be right. extremely and uncomfortable. Yeah. Bingo. It like it yeah. like growth and change is not like a walk in the park. Yeah. It, it is right. really on it is really, really uncomfortable. It is yeah. so uncomfortable, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then it gets better. Like with that's there's a saying in our group we say to people, like when they're really struggling, we say it gets better. It it does yeah. get better. I mean, like from where I was, you know, seven years ago when I came out to where I'm now is like leaps and bounds. And now I'm also married to my wife and she yeah, like, perfect. yeah, I know. And, and I'm in love. Like I'm, I've, I loved my husband in a different way. My ex-husband, yeah. you know, we loved each other based on the fact that we have four beautiful children together mm. and we loved our family and we loved our kids. And we did actually, what we set out to do was create a loving home, like that we didn't have growing up. So we did exactly what we were supposed to do. Yeah, um, perfect. But like now um, being with my wife, it is like so, and all the uncomfortableness, I like it was hard. It was like the hardest mm. thing I've ever done in my life, but also the best. And yeah, what yeah. is really wonderful now, when you find your love and you sound like you have found your love too, they let you be you. Mm. And they don't expect you to be anything other and they also let you, like my wife is the one who sort of takes care of the home and does all those things. And I'm the one who does all the, I, you know, the more traditional masculine roles, but I'm yeah. no way masculine at all. But yeah. it's like being able to be myself and what I like to do with somebody I love. And so um, I really love the fact that you encourage men that they have a right to dream of something mm. other than the patriarchy, the bullshit yeah, they've yeah. been told by their dads or by the their schoolmates or something like that, that yeah. they can be, they can have whatever they want and they can have love. And that love comes first from them for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, and yeah. it's finding that, like you, know, you mentioned before about, you know, that, or it spoke up before about creating that space to be able to have that self-love and um, yeah, and touching on what you just made me think of um, relationships, you know, it's like you can still love someone, but it just doesn't mean you have to be with them forever. So right. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And people don't like, 
And you know, what's really interesting is that we're getting, we're getting a little off topic, but what I find is really interesting is that oftentimes when we are in a relationship, that's not just, that's just not working. When we choose to leave or, or like end the relationship, sometimes our ex-partner ends up being so much more deliriously happy than Mm. ever were because one of you, typically it's the women because 80% Mm. of all marriages like divorces are initiated by women. It's typically the woman that says, I'm not happy. And, and they end up leaving and, or, you know, initiating the divorce. But a lot of times the guys end up as, as very happy as well, because Mm. it, 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 it becomes that moment, right? That line in the sand where they like, oh, some men, some men don't do it. They just go find the next woman and get married. Yeah. But some men like say, okay, I got to figure out what went wrong. I've got to do a little work on myself. And they end up being more happier than ever. So mm. change is hard, but it can also be really, really good sometimes too. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that that, that could happen in, um, you know, if people aren't in a relationship or whatever, that can happen in you know work context or whatever like just and then it's having that like you um we spoke of before it's having that self bringing that space in to be able to create that self-love mm-hmm. going back to males you know like it's um it's not natural i guess with all the you know the patriotic and the uh stigmatism around that you know to to turn it internally and look for you know what's actually what can i improve who i am as a person so that's that's a tricky part. That's a tricky part, especially in the, the Western culture that we're so programmed into, you know, putting up this this front and like mm-hmm. we're all fine, everything is good. But you know, internally it's yeah, you know, may not be. And that's um, you know, that's where it's so important to do that internal work. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul writes in from the complete man. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was lovely to talk about some of the things that I've been thinking with, with a man. <laughs> I really Excellent. appreciated it. Oh, and I really enjoyed here. our conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yes. Very, um, yeah. Love the, love the conversation and love what you're doing. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Queer Business Success, the podcast that highlights LGBTQIA plus businesses. New episodes are published regularly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other listening platforms. Wherever you're listening, take a moment to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you an entrepreneur who's also queer? Want to share some of your wisdom and experience with the rest of us? We'd love to have you on the show. Just click the link in the show notes to apply to be a guest. Until next time, queer friends and allies. Keep taking care of business.